Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's Daily Mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Sisters, through one man sin entered the world, and through sin death, and thus death came to all men, inasmuch as all sinned. If by that one person's transgression the many died, how much more did the grace of God and the gracious gift of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow for the many? For if by the transgression of the one death came to reign through that one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of justification come to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ? In conclusion, just as through one transgression condemnation came upon all, so through one righteous act acquittal and life came to all. For just as through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one the many will be made righteous. Where sin increased, grace overflowed all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through justification for eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Word of the Lord. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Sacrifice or oblation you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Burnt offerings or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, Behold, I come. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me to do your will. O my God is my delight, and your law is within my heart. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. May all who seek you exult and be glad in you, and may those who love your salvation say ever, The Lord be glorified. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. The Gospel of the Lord. For centuries, the rubrics, the rules... For Holy Mass stated that after the consecration of the bread and wine, the sacred host could only be touched with the thumbs and forefinger of the priest. After the consecration, when the priest said, this is my body, he was not to separate his thumb and forefinger. This assured no fragments of the sacred host would fall to the ground. The priest was not to separate these digits until he purified his fingers after he distributed Holy Communion. This centuries-old rubric was discarded in 1970. For over a millennium, up until the 1970s, no one but a priest touched the sacred host. 
The reason was that his hands had been consecrated for the purpose. This did not necessarily make the priest holier than anyone, but it did make him different, set apart to touch and carry the holiest thing in existence. This practice helped foster the lay faithful's belief in the real substantial presence of Christ in the most holy Eucharist. In times past, when more men labored with their hands, if by accident one lost his thumb or index finger, he was disqualified uh, for the priesthood. Images of one of our saints today, St. Isaac Jogues, reveals that he is missing his forefingers, his thumb and forefingers. Iroquois Indians in upstate New York cut them off or bit them off. Jogues is known as the Apostle of the Mohawks and was known to the Mohawks themselves as the indomitable one, impossible to subdue or defeat. He was born in France in 1607, and academically gifted, he entered the Jesuits. He was a professor of literature in France when in 1636 he was sent to New France in upstate New York to help with the Native American missions. In 1642, due to a poor harvest and sickness, Jogues led an expedition up to Quebec for supplies. On the way back, they were ambushed by the fierce Iroquois, the bitter enemies of the Hurons. Torture ensued, and then Jogues and others went on to live as slaves among the Mohawks. Dutch merchants helped Jogues escape, and he sailed back to France, where he was met with surprise and joy. Pope Urban VIII gave this quote-unquote living martyr special permission to say Mass with his mutilated hands. What then did Jogues do after his harrowing adventures and escape from America? One would think he would have retired to a comfortable spot in France, but he didn't do that. Instead, the indomitable one went back to the wilds of North America, for he had not Christianized it yet. In 1646, after helping broker a peace between the Iroquois and Huron, crop failure and sickness occurred again. The blame on the crop failure was laid on the black-robed sorcerers. On October 18, 1646, Jogues and some others were tomahawked in the neck and thrown in the St. Lawrence River. The Jesuit John de Brebeuf was killed five months later. These two and six others who shed their blood for Christ are known as the North American martyrs. They were canonized saints in 1930. The world is in sore need of some Catholic indomitable ones. We need them to go into the wilds of North America and re-Christianize it against today's pagan onslaught that will most likely require the shedding of their blood and perhaps ours. Oh, may we tread the sacred road that saints and holy martyrs trod, wage to the end the glorious strife and win like them a crown of life. <laughs> 